I mean, it's kind of cute, right? Hello, and welcome back to Kind of Cute. And if you're new here, welcome. My name's Bailey Evan. I'm your host. And on Kind of Cute, we discuss articles from the cut and my general pop culture musings. Y'all, it's official. The Dolly Parton ice cream flavor from Ginny's has come out, been announced. And apparently it's going to be the freaking Hunger Games if you want to get a container of it because it was like, you should probably just get on the site at this time and you need to get two pints. I was like, okay, damn, guess I'm not getting that flavor. But it is strawberry pretzel pie and it's gluten-free. So amazing. I think everyone can enjoy it as long as you're not like a dairy-free girl. Um. JB's album came out last week. I've really been vibing with it. I like how many different feelings there are in each of the songs. You get a little bit of Imogen Heap vibes with Ghost, a little bit of reggae and Loved by You. I was reading some reviews on it and I felt like people were dragging it. And I actually think it's such a beautiful album and kind of brings me back to like a cross between Believe and Purpose, which I think are two of his strongest albums. And I just really enjoyed it. I'm going to give you guys a little rundown of some other culture I've been enjoying this week. And first up is a documentary called Sweatbox that I had to find in the deep annals of the internet. Is that how the annals? I think it's the annals. <laughs> it was in the annals and it was in its anal. <laughs> Uh, I had to go to Reddit, which I go to for many of my needs. <laughs> um, and it was a documentary called Sweatbox. So Kenzie's favorite Disney movie is The Emperor's New Groove. Actually, probably one of her favorite movies of all time. She can quote it from start to finish. Don't ask her to do it because she will. And I- I'm not exaggerating. And she saw a TikTok where someone was saying that Emperor's New Groove was originally supposed to be called Empire of the Sun. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm so bad with details. Kingdom of the Sun. And it eventually got completely converted into what it is say. It was supposed to be more of like this focus on Incan culture. And Sting was making all these music videos for or I'm sorry, music for it. And again, I didn't see the TikTok, but I became intent on finding this documentary. So we found it in a Reddit link and it was just, it almost seemed like the movie wasn't a finished version, you know, because it had the little ticker tape thing at the bottom. And I don't know, it was like kind of sketch. It looked like it was maybe a recording of that. Yeah, that's what it looked like. It looked like it was a recording of the movie. And we really enjoyed it. I'll try to link the Reddit link um, in the show notes. I don't know if we should because I don't want It's Disney not. Oh, yeah. She's down. scared of. Okay. So so basically, we're, we're, I'm not getting to the point here. So this documentary was done by Sting's wife. And it's pretty well done. And she interviews a lot of people from kind of the beginning of the process of them making this movie. And then to the end when it completely got reverted. So basically, the animators are all in on this original concept. It was going to be kind of like a Prince and the Popper. There was still going to be um, the main character being turned into a llama, but he had a different name. There was different characters. Like it was more of a musical extravaganza. And like I said, Sting had done the music for the whole thing. And then eventually these two guys who were kind of the heads of the animation um, department. department at the time came in and they were like, you know, this movie's just like not hitting right. So uh, back to the drawing board, guys. And it really devastated a lot of the team and, you realize how invested people get in the characters that they're assigned to draw. And sometimes the characters just literally ripped out from underneath them. And I don't want to spoil the movie because I really feel like there is, it is worth watching and it was really interesting. But I think the thing I found most 
hard to get my head around is that Disney's kind of worked to scrub this movie from the internet, which is why we had to find this bootleg link. And I didn't think it was necessarily negative towards Disney, but it kind of showed the collaborative process that occurred. And at one point, Sting was like, I feel like you've completely ruined the heart of this movie and you've just completely Disney-fied it. And I don't know if I can lend my name to something that I don't agree with the statement that's being put out there. And the animators were like, we love this collaboration. We're so like willing to change it and to something that you know, isn't Disneyfying it in this way. And they even had a little talk from Roy Disney on there. I don't know. Even if you're not like a Disney fan, if you've ever watched Emperor's New Groove, I recommend this documentary. It was a cool just like look into animation. And I think it actually would have been like a good recruiting technique for like an- for future animators. It's like, this is kind of what we go through. I don't think they need recruits because we A, they've gotten rid of like Disney. all of their animation and, and know, everyone wants to work for Disney. Like, I'm just saying hypothetically, like I thought it was, I, I yeah, I loved it. Yes, and then we also watched the first two parts of Demi Lovato's documentary, which was also eye-opening in a different way and hard and uncomfortable to watch. But again, we saw her at the Plant City Strawberry Festival. We were like in the front. We had a time. It was 10 years ago. We've always been Demi fans. I really think she's actually one of the powerhouse voices of the pop generation that she's in. I think she has one of the strongest voices. So check that out. It's free on YouTube. I love when you just can get free content. You're like, I don't even deserve this, but I'm so thankful. Uh, Another culture moment that was a little saddened by was Taylor Swift. You know, I was convinced she was coming out with something on 319. She is actually releasing one of her vault songs that hasn't been released ever before that she wrote when she was younger, and that's coming out tonight. So keep an eye out for that. I still am convinced that this Evermore folklore thing is a trilogy. I think she realized people were too on the scent and... I think she's going to change the name that it's not going to be Woodvale anymore like I previously thought. And I think she's going to change the date of when it comes out. But I am just convinced there is a trilogy to be had there. And I refuse to let that thought go. Kevin Bacon. Apparently for a while now, and maybe this is known to everyone except me, but he plays music for his goats and his alpacas. After I did a New Kids on the Block goat song, I got a challenge from uh, AJ and the Backstreet Boys. So, uh, here we go. Challenge accepted. You are my fire, my one. Again, I I bring up stories that I think is just Kenzie's dream life and anything with a farm is her life and she really wants to own out goats and alpacas and chickens and he has this full-blown farm and he sings them like Beatles songs and Radiohead's Creep and I just, I don't, it really is kind of a little perfect corner of the internet if I had to invent one and uh, I did shake Kevin Bacon's hand once because he was in Animal House and Animal House is loosely based on some fraternities at Dartmouth and the people who wrote it went to Dartmouth. And so he came back for its anniversary and did some speech. And then he went to the fraternities afterwards and he was playing Pong and I shook his hand as he was walking out the door. So I am one degree of Kevin Bacon. I'm right there with the goats, basically. Pete Davidson and the chick from Bridgerton, whose name is Phoebe, I cannot pronounce this, Dynevor? It's D-Y-N-E-V-O-R. Did I even copy that? Maybe it is Dynevor. You're probably right. It's probably like an E instead of a Y. 
Denver. Okay. So apparently someone set them up. I got this from Dumas that someone set them up at a like New York house party because some people were surmising that it was when her, um, the guy who played the Duke of Hastings was on an SNL that that's how Pete Davidson and Phoebe met, but it was apparently some New York state house party. So I don't know guys, before we get into our articles today, which are actually so fluffy, so light, so fun for the most part, one of them takes a little turn, but for the most part, pretty fluffy. I wanted to talk about this story that just like blew my mind. And it's her name is, I don't know if it's Shanna or Shauna Grice. She lived in England and she reported her ex to the police multiple times I think five times and they never really took any action about it and then actually charged her 90 pounds for kind of misusing police resources and then the guy that she was reporting her ex slit her throat and she died and I'm just so disgusted by this story because it's one of those things where you're like it's so could have been avoided and just the lack of protection that was there for her and she was reporting serious things it wasn't like oh he's sending me creepy emails it was like no he's literally like at my door and in my bedroom and being freaky as fuck and no one took her seriously and it's just it was so mishandled and I think that coming on the heels of the Sarah Everett story which I don't I didn't speak about it on here again it was it's very dark and sad she was walking home she was had been on the phone with her boyfriend because she felt not super safe walking home alone. She apparently took the long way home to be in a better lit place. And she was killed, um, by a police officer. I mean, I, he hasn't been fully convicted yet, but he has been arrested. And I don't know, like England, what's going on over there? I mean, I can't, who am I? We can't talk in America. There's so much awful shit going on over here. But I just thought both of those stories were so awful and sad. So I just wanted to bring them up again before we got into our little, little light stuff for today. So our first article of the day, guys, from The Cut is Orlando Bloom Messing With Us by Amanda Arnold. And she writes that Orlando Bloom has given a new interview and it's just remarkable, among the most bountiful a celebrity has ever given. Ostensibly, it's about his daily routine, though the full text is so absurd, it's left many wondering whether Legolas is fucking with us. Unfortunately, I tried to view this whole article and there was a paywall on it and I couldn't even do one of those things where it was like, sign up for free and get like a free article. It was from the Times UK and they were just like, no, honey, you're not getting shit from us today. Pay up. Uh, the first, one of the first things the cut points out is he says, I'm a Capricorn, so I crave routine. I am a fellow Capricorn. I feel an affinity towards them, but I also feel like I kind of have a love hate with them. Like some of them I like, I notice this like when it comes up on like my Facebook, like whose birthday it is. And I'm like, oh yeah, I like that person. And then the next day I'll be like, fuck, they're a Capricorn. Like I am not in good company, you know? So, mm on the fence about Orlando Bloom but overall like I do and I enjoy him and Katy Perry as a couple we've many times discussed the Legolas v Aragorn dichotomy on this show but he says that he starts his day with 20 minutes of Buddhist chanting and then he'll read a little bit of Buddhism and then he'll type it up and share it to his Instagram story which not to inflict my beliefs on anyone but that act doesn't seem very Buddhist (laughs) like let me get on adds a story do, 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 do. I mean that just doesn't really mesh with me but sure I mean maybe he's just trying to share the zen with the world you know and he says 
he tries to abstain from using his phone too much as he doesn't want to be sucked into a black hole of social media. So it's all very oxymoronic, hard for me to understand. And then he has a pre-breakfast, which I understand. Basically, he's having like, what does the hobbits have? Like 11sies, you know? Breakfast and then 11. Yeah, I know. Second that's what I was saying. Second breakfast, then 11. Yeah, so basically he has that. Uh, so he has his pre-breakfast, and it's green powders that he mixes with brain octane oil, a collagen powder for his hair and nails, and some protein. It's quite L.A., really, he says. And then he goes on a hike while he listens to Nirvana or Stone Temple Pilots. And again, you know, I, I enjoy a smoothie in the morning. I put some protein powder in it. I put a shit ton of spinach till it is the point where it looks like sludge in a sewer that, I don't know, the Ninja Turtles would be in. It's not cute. But I don't know. The brain octane oil, it's just, it's a lot for me. And then around 9 a.m., that's when he he gets his solid food. So then he has porridge, a little hazelnut milk, cinnamon, vanilla paste, hazelnuts, goji berries, a vegan protein powder, and a cup of PG Tips. PG Tips is a great British-based uh tea it's delicious and again this is very it's just so many items whenever I see celebs having this stuff I'm like do you know how much it costs to have that many powders goji berries are expensive goji berries are like gold level expensive and protein power you go to Whole Foods I usually get my protein power off of Amazon not gonna lie but then you go to Whole Foods and I was trying to get the same one and it was over $40 and I was like this is highway robbery protein style but apparently he's also 90% plant-based, which again, I know I just repeat myself all the time on here, but I'm a pescatarian. So we're both, you know, semi-vegetarian Capricorns. I'm really starting to feel an affinity for him. But then he says he does every once in a while, like once a month, like a really good piece of red meat. But then he says, I sometimes look at a cow and think that's the most beautiful thing ever. Which, yeah, same. That's why I don't eat them, dude. Like, come on, just come over to the dark side. Don't eat them. Okay, so then the next thing he does is he apparently has gotten into Legos, which I thought was ironic with Legolas. You know, I was like, was that intentional? And he mostly builds cars. Hmm. Okay. And then... (laughs) No comment. (laughs) But I really liked how Amanda ended this article. She says, for those wondering whether this is an actual interview or just parody, I encourage you to take a moment to meditate on his past whims. Now, before I get into that, I think it's funny that Amanda is taking this as so like parody and a hoax. I'm like, this is every celeb what I eat in a day. They're all just ridiculous. It's like there's no work involved. It's a lot of powders. It's a lot of things that cost way more than they should. And they don't do much. And then they go to bed. Like, it's the life, really. I'm, I'm not saying, I know they do work. I'm not saying that. But there is a certain freedom that comes with having a shit ton of money. And if a, I stare at the wall for about 30 minutes. I stare at my pool for another 30 minutes. And then I take a nap. Well, that's their meditative time, obviously. They need time to meditate on all of the money they have. Yes. I can only hope to be at that point one day. So Amanda writes, this is a man who got caught shamelessly paddle boarding fully naked, which I obviously looked at those pickers. I remember the day those came out. Who never passes up an opportunity to raise his conviction that the elves of Middle Earth were into tantric sex. Didn't know he felt that way, but probably true. He proposed to Katy Perry in a champagne-filled helicopter on Valentine's Day, which helicopter? Like, could they even hear each other? I always thought a hot air balloon would be very romantic, but a helicopter, like, people die on helicopters. 
What if they had literally died as he was trying to propose? That's just not it. (laughs) Once in explaining that he had to abandon a temporary pledge of abstinence on account of getting too unbearably horny, he said, I was really enjoying the way I was relating to women and to the feminine within myself. Okay, whatever, Orlando. I, I, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about any of it. Someone I do know how I feel about coming up next. Haley Kiyoko Doesn't Mind Your Coffee Breath by Erica Smith. We do these articles here sporadically. Erica will interview someone who usually has a fragrance coming out that they need to promote, promote or a brand deal with a fragrance company. And Haley has one coming out called Hue, which is described as a mood-boosting, gender-inclusive blend of blood orange, watermelon, lychee, rose, creamy cacao, and soft musk. I mean, sign me up. A little watermelon sugar on my body, please. And if you haven't heard Haley, please start by listening to What I Need featuring Kehlani. It's called What I Need. And that song just slaps so hard. I go through phases where I just listen to it over and over and over again. Kenzie can vouch to this. She makes sure to put it on any playlist that she's making for a party of mine because it just hits. All the back and forth getting complicated. Running me around got me frustrated. No, that's why I've been laying low. If you want to make it work, baby, she describes her first scent memory. She says, I'm sure I had many scent memories prior to this, but a powerful moment was in middle school and homeroom. All the popular girls with their herbal essences. They wouldn't dry their hair, so it'd still be kind of wet. And then in the middle of like math class, they'd take their hair down, and I'd just get this whiff of gorgeousness. I'd be dying inside being like, oh my gosh, I want to date them one day. Scent is just a natural aphrodisiac, and that's probably one of my fondest memories. Oh, first of all, um, uh, Haley is... Is she bi or lesbian? She's part of the... Okay, I think think she's a... uh, Yeah, identifies as a lesbian. Um, So so I love this image of her like with the... Because I think everyone around our age can relate to this because we all fucked with some herbal essences. You drank herbal essences. You would just... We would just go in and sniff it sometimes, I feel like. Yeah, yeah. And I... You... Like, I wasn't a cool popular girl with the wet hair, but, like, I did fuck with the herbal essences. We were the, with the wet hair, because you'd have to scrunch your hair. When oh, I had wet hair. I'm just saying I wasn't one of the popular yes. girls. Oh, true. I was just same, a little ratty hair. girl with the herbal essences. But I like to think that maybe some sort of Haley was behind me enjoying that, that whiff, because nothing hits. I mean, now I spend all of my hard-earned money on Aribe, or however the fuck you say it, and it doesn't have the same effect. Well, Oribe, is it Oribe? Or, I think you're right, Oribe. Yeah, Oribe. Oribe. I mean, it smells like rich smell girl. Nice. It smells it like rich girl, but it's not the same That's as... That's my type. That's my type. <laughs> okay, so she says, love smells like food, all types of food. I'm the happiest and feel the most loved when I have a full stomach, and that's just the facts. I love making gluten-free chocolate chip cookies, so my apartment has been smelling like that a lot lately. And I also love Cuban food, which I've been binging on too much. I just love that she's one of the first people I've read that says love smells like food, and that's what love smells like to me too. Kenzie said the other day we were walking past Sloan's, which is our ice cream shop here, and she was like, Give me a man that smells like fresh baked waffle cones and I will not leave that man. And I mirror that. I remember like one of the first times, like one of my first perfumes and it was those really iconic ones that I'm blanking on the name now, but it was angel food scent. And I was just like, I always want to smell like angel food and I want to just smell like you want to eat me with a spoon. And sadly, because of my natural pheromones and skin and all the other nasty ass products I have on myself that I lather myself with, I never truly smell like an angel food cake, but a girl can dream 
Okay. So I just love that Haley loves the smell of a... Is there anything better than a fresh baked waffle cone? A fresh baked chocolate chip cookie. I'm partial to the um, double tree chocolate chip cookie recipe. Oh, and I love Cuban food. I love a pastelito. Oh, honey, get yourself to South Florida. Come visit me in West Palm. I will go. I will get you a cafe con leche and a a pastelito and we will just go to town. The saddest thing about Cuban food is not eating their ropa vieja. Oh, I do. There's there's certain types of meat I miss, and ropa vieja is. I miss a good. Cuban sandwich. I love a Cuban. Yeah. Sandwich. See, I actually like. I I Cuban sandwiches aren't my favorite type of sandwiches, but they're one when you eat it that you're like, this is delicious. I fucks so hard with a Cuban sandwich. That's our brother's like favorite sandwich. Uh-huh. And he's vegetarian now, too. (laughs) So she says the worst smell is, she goes, trash should be my number one. And probably the second worst smell would be, oh my gosh, I hate truffle oil. I would make that number one. And then trash number two. If someone is eating truffle in my vicinity, I'm gagging. And it's such a trend now where truffles are in everything. And it's like, why? It smells horrific. Like when you order fries and they try to spruce it up and they don't even tell you. We want it original. We don't want extra stuff on it. Just give me the basic fry, please. My nightmare is fancy fries. Fancy fries are my nightmare. Oh, you really put me on a spiral there. I didn't realize how emotional this would be. I really felt her on this rant because this sounds like many a rants that I get on in this podcast. And I don't know why. There's a lot of food talk in this episode, I will say, because food is really one of my favorite things to talk about. I probably should have had a a podcast on food instead of pop culture because as far as loves in life go, it's basically like gurgy food and then pop culture. Gurgi, who's barking and being a little asshole right now. But I just can't imagine if you really hate the smell of truffle. I, I, it's true. Like when someone comes by with a thing of truffle fries, you can smell it in the whole restaurant. Yeah. I mean, I like truffle. Oh, oil, me too. But yeah, you can, you know, it's like, oh, I see someone got the truffle Parmesan fries because we're buku bucks tonight. Okay. <laughs> you know, it's always worth that upcharge. So, oh my God, when we go to, uh, like uh, what? avocado grill has really good ones. Mm-hmm. Why was I blanking? I was that I was like I can picture it in my mind. Ugh, I think they're delicious, but I do get that the smell can be a little off-putting. It is very pungent. It's almost like a stinky cheese type smell mm-hmm. mixed with a mushroom. So I mean, I get it. I get it. And then when she's asked to describe a scent or smell I love that others usually don't, guys, brace yourself for this. I could not take this. She says, "I love coffee breath. I'm gonna lose a lot of friendships after this interview. Thank you." And I just, to that, say absolutely not. My own coffee breath makes me gag. I can't imagine wanting to smell that smell, but power to you, girl. And I have to say that some of these favorite smell things, they're so lifeless and robotic. It'll be like, well, my favorite smell that reminds me of love is gardenias because I walk out into my backyard and there's gardenias. I mean, it just is stupid. So I appreciated hers. It was spicy. It was personality filled. There has been ongoing rumors that Becca Tilly from The Bachelorette and Haley are in a long-term relationship and they're very hush-hush about it. So I'm not trying to out them here, but I just think that could be a fun duo to be friends with. Like I definitely like from my you know, little bit of knowledge of them from the internet and more of a Haley fan than a Becca fan. But she has a very cute Pomeranian and I automatically like people with Pomeranians. So again, I think I would just like to be a part of that little, little twosome. All right, next up. What's this about shrimp tails and cinnamon toast crunch by Amanda Arnold? Again, the food, the food theme is heavy here, guys. (laughs) Cinnamon toast crunch is up there as one of my favorite cereals. And I 
honestly cannot keep cereal in my house because I will just continue pouring myself bowls and bowls of it. It's one of those things where, you know, you pour the bowl. Actually, I like to eat it out of a mug specifically. I always have to eat it out of a mug and you pour the milk in and then you get, you eat all the cereal, but then you still have milk left and you're like, oh, well, damn, I don't want to waste the milk. So I have to pour myself a little bit of cereal, but then the ratio is wrong. So you have to pour yourself a little bit more milk and that can just go on and on and on for me until I've literally eaten three quarters of a box. And that is why we don't have cereal in this house. The limit does not exist for me in cereal. Uh, actually, I was in Miami the other weekend and I went to Salty Donut, which has very good donuts if you were ever in Miami. Like we can do a whole food tour if you ever come visit me. We can go get some pastelitos. We can go get some donuts. Amazing. But they had a cinnamon toast crunch flavor one. And wow. I mean, it was like a cinnamon toast crunch brittle on the top. So I was definitely thinking about that donut as I read this article. And if you're not familiar, what happened was this man named Jensen Karp, he tweeted earlier this week (sighs) alongside a photo (laughs) that he thinks there is shrimp tails in his cinnamon toast crunch. And these items very much so looked like shrimp tails and the New York Times even wrote an article called the curious case of the cinnamon toast crunch box and before we get into this why the hell is the New York Times writing about this I mean honest question I read their article thinking that there would be some overarching thematic tie-in to a bigger picture but no it was literally just about this dude with his shrimp tails and Maybe the part of the story that is shaking the internet the most is that this dude, Jensen Karp, is married to freaking Topanga, a.k.a. Daniel Fischel, who is now Daniel Fischel Karp. And he says when he sees these little bits of the alleged shrimp tails, he texts his wife, and then he emails General Mills through like their little submit a inquiry form, I guess, online. And... Then he tweeted about it, and privately they were interacting with him, but then they tweeted this. They said, After further investigation with our team that closely examined the image, it appears to be an accumulation of the cinnamon sugar that sometimes can occur when ingredients aren't thoroughly blended. We assure you there's no possibility of cross-contamination with shrimp. And so this really sets Jensen off. He was like, I wasn't all that mad until you now tried to gaslight me. And he then goes through the rest of the box and he finds what he describes as shrimp skins looking things, a small string, something resembling a pistachio and what he thought might be rat feces. And he had bought another box, a two pack, and he noticed that that box looked like it had clear tape along the bottom of the unopened box. Now, Jensen really wants to keep some of the shrimp and only send some to GM because he wants to do his own independent testing, you know, send them off to a lab of his choosing to figure out what they were. So he said on Twitter that a crustacean researcher agreed to investigate the little bits. And he says he's not currently considering legal action, but that might change if the little black specks that he also found on pieces of the cereal are rat poop. And in case you are wondering, he did in fact enjoy a entire bowl of this cereal before he saw the shrimpy tails and the maybe rat poops. And <laughs> I have a theory that someone else tweeted, and I'm so sorry I didn't like capture this person's name. I saw it in a screenshot. And their theory is that a mouse got in 
And all of these items, the string and the shrimp tails, were something that the mouse was hoarding. Like someone who works at General Mails had a nice little, you know, shrimp curry. And then the mouse gets the little tails that were thrown in the trash can, somehow brings them back to what I would think is almost the finished product of the cereal. This seems like something that maybe happened like at the packaging stage. If this is even true, for all we know, Jensen freaking put the little shrimp tails in there or someone um, altered the box after it left GM and before it got to the grocery store where he ultimately bought it. Like, it's really hard to know with these things where it originated, I think. But there is that thing that everyone knows. It's like even peanut butter, it's like they're allowed to have a certain amount of bug parts in it, you know, because is that even true? Is that like an urban myth that I've just perpetuated as true? I don't know. I've just accepted that I've probably eaten a lot of ants in my life and flies and I just accept that as a little extra protein and I feel like that fits into my pescatarian lifestyle because I will still fuck with an escargot um (laughs) again food is on the mind (laughs) I'm eating good tonight y'all because clearly someone's hungry and uh another thing I I wanted to comment on is that some people willingly eat shrimp tails and honestly like a shrimp tail covered in cinnamon sugar I would put anything on, like cinnamon sugar on anything. I can't think of many things that wouldn't improve. Um, but I do know that people have shellfish sh- blah, 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 shellfish allergies. And, you know, obviously you don't want your stuff being cross-contaminated. cross-contaminated. Yeah. So I get that this actually can be like a super serious thing and not to take it lightly. But guys, this plot thickens even more. And this part was not covered by the cut. So that is what I am here for. So now people are coming out on Twitter and saying that this Jensen dude is actually awful. So a woman by the name of Rory Uphold, at Rory Uphold on Twitter, tweeted that this is the most abusive person I've ever been with. And I'm crying as I type this in regard to Jensen Carp. And then another woman, Melissa Stetton, said he's a manipulative, gaslighting, narcissistic ex-boyfriend who once told me he was surprised I hadn't killed myself because my life was so worthless. Then later after she tweeted that, it got a lot of attention and she said, getting lots of texts from girls still in therapy over his terror. At least we have this fun little club. And then she after that said, look, I'm no sweetheart. I've done said some dumb things, dated problematic men, but so have many but sorry, there's a typo. Oh, oh, okay. But to have so many women reach out with the exact same story confirms that what I dealt with wasn't because of me. It's a disturbing tactic he used to control and demean women. So I found this highly ironic. Well, first off, awfully sad. Anyone who's been gaslit and manipulated to that extreme level, my heart goes out to, but I found it so ironic that Jensen accused GM of gaslighting him when it sounds like he is very familiar with how to gaslight others. And both of these women are verified on Twitter from their bios. Melissa is a writer and Rory is an actor and a writer. They're both very stunning. They look like great, intelligent women. And again, like I said, these tweets prompted many people to come out and speak against him. So I have some other factoids about Jensen for you. First off, in my humble opinion, he ain't cute. He looks like a busted Jack Antonoff. He used to be a rapper called Hot Carl. And let me tell you, I listened to one of those songs. It was called In the Burbs. I chose that one because apparently um, the guy from, wait, what's his name? McGrath, uh, the sugar, Paul Mc, wait, what's his name? Kenzie, you're supposed to be there for me on these wait, things. What? I, you're you're not even continuing your thought. The like, sugar baby guy. No, not the, sh- the sugar baby guy. There's a lot of sugar baby guys. Mark McGrath. Oh, 
Oh, Sugar Ray. Ray. Oh, my God. <laughs> Anyways, he did a song with him called Suburbs, and I will insert a little clip of that. It literally sounds like something Dieter from Laguna Beach would have made, so I don't really know how popped off that was. I'm just saying, they'll pretend like it's the cheeriest place, like everything's fine. But in real life, the suburbs are just as fucked up as everywhere else. I was raised in a suburb that was hardly healthy. Grew up in the middle of the most affluent and wealthy. Because most people assume happiness within the verbs. But please hear my words, that lifestyle is absurd. But it's on that same album, it says one of the songs was produced with Kanye West. And I'm just like, what? what? Yeah, what is my thing? And then there was a tweet from Chance the Rapper, who is a very popular, esteemed rapper. And he said, fun fact, the cinnamon toast shrimp guy gave me five racks to shoot a video back when I still had a nose ring. Five racks is in $5,000. It's just a lot for me to take in. Now, he currently hosts a podcast about Cameo called Talk cheap which honestly I am sort of sad that I didn't think to make a podcast about cameo and if you aren't familiar with cameo it's this online site where you can pay to have celebrities give like a birthday shout out or a graduation shout out and back at the beginning when it was still pretty new I paid for James Kennedy from Vanderpump to do one for my best friend Elena and I was very proud of it and it only cost about $30 and now James Kennedy charges $100 so I really got a hell of a deal and that's what I get for just being in there early on the cameo train. And um, so what they do, I actually listened to an episode of the podcast to, so I could be able to talk about this, but they, they pick certain people on cameo and they're usually pretty rogue. Like the one I was listening to was like a vet who was on a national geographic was one of the people they were talking about on, I think it was their most recent episode. Cause I was kind of hoping they would bring up the cinnamon shrimp and <laughs> it, it honestly, I didn't really like, the podcast that much I thought it was kind of grating Topanga talked about her dog Spike for like 30 minutes of the episode which I love a dog I love talking about dogs but I'm like I came to hear about cameo and again I you guys are probably sitting there like bitch we have to listen to your tangents all the time like let the girl talk about her dog but I'm just saying it really wasn't my favorite my favorite podcast but what I will tell you is if you would like me to film a cameo for you, I will do it gratis, free, free, F-R-E-E. All you have to do is just let me know. I'll record it for you, send it back, and um, maybe as payment, you can just like post it on your story and tell a friend about kind of cute podcast or like leave me a five-star review. Well, don't you want that? Wouldn't that be fun? I can even bring out my kind of cute mic and I'll do it for free, guys. <laughs> So then my journalistic technique to find more on this dude was to type Jensen Carp Reddit. Clearly, that is the way I find all the good juice. We've established that. And um, I didn't really find that much, sadly. Like people, there was someone bitching about, I guess he was on this other podcast and he was like taking over as host. And they were like, he's awful. He cannot host this by himself. And I was like, okay, this really wasn't the juice I was looking for. This is just angry Reddit people very passionate about a certain podcast, but it is time for our deep cut of the day. So New York Mag, which is the like overarching thing of the cut, does this fun thing called the approval matrix. And it's this photo, they put it on their Instagram usually, and it's separated into quadrants. So the quadrants are highbrow and brilliant, 
lowbrow and brilliant, and then highbrow and despicable, and lowbrow and despicable. So I thought it'd be fun to revisit one from April 15th, 2015, which was a good six-ish years ago. And on their lowbrow despicable list was Justin Bieber was reportedly through a fit when he was told he wasn't allowed to chill with Drake at Coachella, and he had to be put in a chokehold. I would throw a fit too. Hanging with Drake anywhere is most definitely my idea of fun. Maybe my number one idea of fun after dinner with Harry Styles at Via Carota. So, you know, I throw a fit too. I don't know if that was lowbrow and despicable. I think it's a little bit low, lowbrow and brilliant. So also on the lowbrow despicable side. A Florida man believed to be high on Flocka was arrested after commissioning a presumably... No- oh sorry my notes guys today after committing a presumably non-consensual sex act on a tree i had to google flaca and apparently flaca was very big in florida for a time around 2015 and the hotbed for it was south florida which is where yours truly currently lives resides calls home it's a synthetic drug made from an amphetamine i had to also google that uh, an amphetamine like stimulant it's one of those quote-unquote designer drugs because it's synthetic and apparently it was the new generation of the drugs previously known as bath salts which we know that Florida heavily dabbled in. Let's move on to highbrow brilliant. Jake Gyllenhaal played Seymour in Little House of Horrors at City City Center that summer and what I would have given to see that. I saw Little Shop of Ho- Wait, Little House of Horrors. Little Shop of Horrors. Oh, again, guys, this is what I get when I try to like type my own notes instead of copy paste. Do you see all the typos in my notes? I didn't know it's what kind you of a miracle it. I can like say anything I on this. <laughs> I was like, what the hell? If y'all, I should just start sharing my Google Docs with you after I record, just so you can really see the true chaotic nature of what I work off of. Maybe it give you some appreciation. <laughs> this podcast so he played little shop of horrors at city center and um i just i love that we saw it off broadway it's such a good show i love the movie love jake gyllenhaal still remember that time i saw him on the street and wanted to tell him that oak jaw is the reason i'm a pescatarian Oh, just so many good memories. And then Lowbrow Brilliant was when Taco Bell announced that it would start delivering. And I have myself indulged in a Taco Bell delivery, even though there is one embarrassingly close to my house. I wanted to share with you guys my order just to close out this food-themed episode. I love a vegetarian Crunchwrap Supreme, but I get it without the nacho cheese sauce and sub in a cheddar. Kenzie can oh and then I douse it in mild sauce and then a side of cinnamon crisp and I begrudgingly get a diet pepsi since they don't have diet coke and also a bean burrito is wowie zowie get in my body Kenzie would you vouch that those are the best items do you have anything to add they're so good guys like I literally could eat that right now that's the problem is that they just go down so fast and then they're gone and then you're sad that they're gone. Well, and most of the times we try and be like, well, um, you want to split the bean burritos since, you know, we're getting our own Crunchyroll Supremes and we both split it. And then we're like, where the fuck did we split this? <laughs> Why did we get two? They're 99 cents. Next time. Next time we really want to indulge, we'll get one each. Yeah. Um, 
guys, we've made it to our legit shit of the day. I have a big item purchased for you guys. And I wanted to share this because I know I said I wasn't going to be that bitch that talks about Peloton all the time, but I've been filming a video for my YouTube channel. You can find me at Bailey Evan. And I realized it's probably a great thing to put in my legit shit because I really do like it. And Kenzie and I both use it all the time. We've had it for exactly a month, I think, today. And it's just a good time. And if you use my referral code that I will have in the show notes, you will get $100 off accessories and I will get $100 to spend at the Peloton Boutique, which do I need a bra with Peloton emblazoned on it? No, but I love a deal. So my code, again, it will be linked in and you just use it when you check out if you decide to buy one. Um, Why can't I find it now? All right, guys, I'm sorry. It's in the show notes. And um, I love Cody Rigsby. I didn't, I was like, I'm not going to be that basic girl who loves Cody Rigsby, but I love him because he talks about so much pop culture, so many thoughts I have on this podcast. I love Hannah Frankson. She's my other fave. She's a Brit girl. So good. Uh, Wait, what else did I want to tell them about this, Kenzie? Oh, I know. So you might be thinking, okay, is Bailey really telling me I just need to go drop between $1,900 and $2,700 on an exercise bike? Yes, but But. I will say that I financed it and in total it costs a little bit over $100 a month. And since I'm not paying for any sort of gym membership or my yoga membership, I don't feel like it's too bad. And Kenzie splits the costs with me. And it makes it very affordable when you do it that way. And it's no entrance to finance it through a firm. So I just wanted to throw that out there in case you guys have been on the fence about getting one. I thought I'd give my two cents. All right. I hope you guys have an amazing Friday, an amazing weekend. Follow me on Kind of Cute Podcast on Instagram or at Bailey Evan. Slide into my DMs. Tell me about some food you're craving this week. And I will see you next week. Bye.